All right, cool. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Romero Records Podcast, Episode 5. Today, we have on John Leonelli. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I actually made a reference to you on the last podcast because uh, I was trying to think of the SMART goals. Yeah. The, I was telling you that in class. Um, it was it was funny because that, I was just, like, thinking of everything I could possibly think of, like, what... Uh, what the acronym could stand for yeah. and i had no idea <laughs> i was just making up stuff but um yeah so basically uh, today's podcast uh, no topic today just wanted to i guess just get to get to know you a little more as um you know somebody to to have on uh last time i had on nelson for the second time and me and nelson have had topics but uh yeah. I think on Witchard, John Witchard, we had him on and um, it was just, we just started talking about his Coast Coast Guard career. So basically we can just talk about your uh, Navy career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about submarines the whole time because a lot of people, a lot of people don't know what goes on about submarines. People, people all, they probably think that the submarines are like the, you know, like the picture or like the movies or whatever, like the old stuff where it's like the, the little bubble shape thing with the with the spinning <laughs> propeller. Yeah, that's probably the, every submarine looks exactly like that. So I, I don't know yeah. if it, <laughs> I have no clue. So, um, yeah. So first off, um, you're John Leonelli. And uh, tell me, I guess, since you did the interviews recently, tell me about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the interview ones. Um, yeah, I was in the Navy for five years. Uh, worked on a submarine as a communications electronics technician so i did uh worked on like satcom gear and um esm which is kind of like rf monitoring stuff uh and then i went out and went to college uh got my degree i was working at a shipyard for a bit with uh general dynamics information technology uh and then i came to this program so and then here i'm out now is that the general dynamics like the like the big company or is that something different yeah it's it's that company it's just um they're broken out of different divisions so there's the Supposed to be the IT side, but I mean, when I was doing, was still I was working in shipyards, so we were routing, power cabling, and uh, mostly it was just routing cable. And I was there's a lot of manual labor. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's oh, why okay. I came here. Gotcha. I was like, let's try a technician, but in reality, it was more like uh, there's a lot of pulling cables and taking apart racks and moving stuff around. I look around the shipyard, you see everybody's bodies are breaking down. You see like fifty year olds in there, man. Like Jesus. That's when it hit me. I was like I was like, Yeah, this is fine now, I'm young. Mm-hmm. But if you just keep working that environment, you know, it's hard labor. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing construction workers. People do that for so long, just their bodies break eventually. Yeah. Yeah, so for like, sure. I need I need a little more finesse in my work. Yeah. yeah. So how how did you get that job? Is it was it like um you know, you were a Navy veteran, so they were like, you know, join a board, or was it um, you knew somebody or something like that? Yeah, I uh, like when I was finishing college, I didn't want there to be like any sort of gap between like uh, school and employment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the easiest thing I first did was just, you know, I searched electronics technician, right? Because okay. it's a rate and a lot of things in the Navy, but it also applies to like different roles in civilian career. Um, and I saw that one, and it looked it looked perfect at the time because, you know, it had the right title. It was a, it's a big, strong company. Mm-hmm. Um, and like back when I was in the Navy, I thought too, like, hey man, you know, I'm gonna go to the civilian side. I can stay in one spot, you know, be able to work on uh, different ships and stuff and do travel. You get better compensated. Um, it was just the position I ended up going to was not as, uh, like I kind of like the end positions. I don't know if you guys had, you know, people would come and they would like do installs and they would like certify the gear and stuff. And, or they would like come troubleshoot mm. and that's like kind of like it was more interested in and then what I got was actually the more the, the bulk labor right of 
you have all these ships and you got power running across from every direction so there's mm-hmm. tons of cable that needs to get in there you have to work on these things called like mct blocks or you know like openings and make stuff watertight and it was just uh it wasn't the labor i was looking for gotcha. you know but yeah mainly i just searched my rate you know basically the electronic initial report and i just want to find something that'll line up with my navy yeah experience so was there like a smooth transition out of it or was it um you know you were just kind of pondering i remember i was talking to you about the aam program and i was like um you know would you have joined i said i would have joined like no questions asked with uh during taps yeah and um you said that you wouldn't have been in that kind of situation you would have probably you know rather thought about it went to school or something yeah. like that so yeah well I, I i think i definitely wouldn't have gone when i first got out because I was kind of burnt out when I first got out, and then I had my mindset going to school because I'm not, I'm not like the greatest student. So like for me, when I if I have a job and I have school at the same time, I think inevitably I would just focus on the job, mm. and I would end up dropping school. So like I didn't want to have a full time job and go to school at the same time, so I prioritized school for the time being. Oh, okay. um, and I think also right when I got out, like you know I wasn't interested in really traveling and uh, you know coming out to Wisconsin out of San Diego. I just you know, recently moved and I came here more because it, uh, you know, I was like searching around San Diego and I was adding things in my head. I was like, all right, the amount of money you have to make versus the cost of living there and how it is to find a job. And then I was working at the shipyard working for a job and that's when they contacted me. I was like, okay, well, this makes things a lot easier because now I have somewhere that's some guaranteed free training. It's going to open up a lot of doors and it's kind of like move somewhere else in the country where my salary is going to go farther. Got you. But... Yeah, I don't think I would have gone for it right from that in the beginning. Got you. Well, it's 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 very interesting listening to um to Mark and uh, Mark is our program manager, and um we we talked to him and we talked to um Christine about getting the program out to people, and it's it's a, I guess it's just a mix mixed bag of people who would actually join. I know um I was telling you about that uh, tower climbing thing that I went to yeah. and um. I was telling the people who run that program, you know, it'd be interesting for them to start coming to like taps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, veterans, we we need jobs. Like, <laughs> yeah. like we we get out of the military and we want it. Like everybody's always saying, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna just get out and just do what I I do now yeah. or something more innovative." And we just think it's gonna be easy, and then we try, and then nobody wants to hire us. And usually, usually it's because of uh, either education or, um, you know, I would say maybe the experience sometimes because like as younger guys, uh, if we get out, we have like four years of experience, maybe six years. We feel like we're qualified for jobs that say 10 years, but, you know, we're, we look at it and we're like, I can do that. So <laughs> we try to jump into it, but it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. It's just a lot of the things. While they somewhat translate, don't directly translate, right? Like, I was electronic technician, and, you know, we have electricians, like Leander or something, right? And mm-hmm. A lot of it's the same, but, like, it's, it's just a little bit, everything's a little bit different than maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you, you won't have the same type of gear, and maybe the voltages are different, maybe the stands are different. So, it's, it's like you get relevant experience, but it's not quite relevant enough for you to, like, get into anything other than entry still. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like... Um, I don't know, San Diego, so I felt like it's, it wasn't necessarily that hard to get a job, but maybe to get the right job. Mm. It's kind of what I came out here for. Now, did you see, did you think it was, like, competitive? I guess, like, the, um, 
the area because San Diego is it's a heavy uh was it Marines are out there? It's a lot of Navy out there. Yeah, Navy but Marines are out there too. Yeah. yeah, so you got Navy and Marines out there. So yeah. it's probably people who got out and maybe didn't go anywhere. Which yeah. that's which is another funny topic because um so there would be people that I would run into and might not and they'd be like, Yeah, I got out and I'm still here. I'm yeah. just like <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, some people, you know, don't live in my mountain. They like where they live, right? <laughs> so, no. San Diego, San Diego's nice. You know, I got out of San Diego. I was like, hey, yeah, let me stay here. Just yeah. expensive. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, so where are you actually from? I'm from San Diego as well. Oh, so you're, from, look, you're actually yeah. from San Diego. Okay. I was San Diego, went to boot camp, Chicago, whatever. Then I was in Connecticut for a year. And then I got restationed back in San Diego. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got you. What, is that something that you tried to do or you, No. Yeah, yeah. When I when I first joined, so like submarines, um, one of the interesting things is there's limited amounts of bases for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's like eight. So like I had a pretty good chance to get back to San Diego. Oh. Uh, and we kind of did the whole thing where you know you pick based off of class orders. Um, so wherever you're in class, you get to pick your spot. But mine was actually kind of unique because when I was when I was in sub school and the orders came out, there was no San Diego orders. Gotcha. So I picked Washington. <laughs> when I picked Washington, the boat that I was going to moved to San Diego right after I graduated. No. Yeah, yeah it's kind of a crazy story like That's that. That's awesome. Where there was in a shipyard in Washington, and like uh, I got my orders to it, and then when I got my ticket, they're like, fly to San Diego. And I was like, I was like, I mean, I want to go home. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, yeah, sure, this is great. But I'm like, that's not where my boat's at. And they're like, no, the boat's going to meet you down there. That's where they're moving to. And I was like, all right. That's <laughs> yeah. so, awesome. Yeah, that was that was just some uh, lucky, lucky coincidence. Yeah, man, it was so um, a kind of a funny story like that. So when um, so when you get out of basic training for the Air Force, you go you go straight to tech school. I was in uh, San Antonio, Texas, and then we got on a bus to uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. And when I was there, um, you know, we're all waiting to get our jobs, you know, we're not our jobs, but our, um, our locations, our, our first basis. And (laughs) the guy that was there that was helping us like organize all that stuff. He was like, um, none of you are going to get Guam. So even if you put Guam, you're not going to get it. And we're like, uh, okay, and so um, actually, two people from my group ended up getting Guam. Yeah. <laughs> did, they, did they want it? Yeah, they wanted. <laughs> they were super excited about it. Um, and actually, so one girl got um, Barksdale, Louisiana, but she didn't want it, so she traded it with somebody else so she could go to Minot. Yeah, she was Did, from. They let you just trade. Yeah, <laughs> you could just trade. All right. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Basically, you know, if people agreed on it, so if yeah. like you know, you talk to somebody like, "Yo, man, do you want this location instead?" But yeah, so we'd be like, "All right, cool." But um, so I, there was one guy who was sent to um, to Whiteman, Missouri. Well, that's where the B two is. And, you know, it's top secret, a bunch of the big wigs are always in that area. And um, so you can't have a certain amount of debt to get to that base. And I think he had like 30 grand in debt for like school debt or something like that. And um, so they told me he can't go. And I was like, can I go? Because I got my (laughs) nine. And I was like, I want to go. And then I talked to the guy that was in charge of that stuff. And he was like, no. No, like, I was like, he literally can't go. Just yeah. send me instead. I'm the same, same premise. And he was yeah. like, no. And I was like, 
Oh my god! But yeah, so that's how I ended up in Minot. But um, yeah, it was. Did, it, did they tell you why? Like, is no, it, is he like just, you needed more like background checking, and they didn't have like time or something. Or I, just like he just left it at no. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, clearly, there's a spot that needs to be filled. Yeah, and I can fill it, and you're just saying no. I was like, I mean, okay. but you got a good old night, why not, man? I mean, <laughs> no. Oh well, okay. So I met my wife. Yeah, um, I met, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a plus. Um, I ended up going to Mount Rushmore, seeing that in South Dakota. That yeah. was awesome. Um, let's see. Got to go to Canada a few times because Minot is like 45 minutes from the border yeah. of Canada. And uh, it takes like five hours to get to Winnipeg. So that was awesome. Um, and just, I, just seeing a lot of stuff. Got to see uh, Theodore Roosevelt Park mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So the experiences in Minot were actually really fun. Yeah. Um, the location is just not that great, but uh, if you if you like traveling, you know you'll like that. Yeah. But if you are in that's that's the big difference I saw between living in North Dakota and then being in the South. Like, so I'm I'm from Northeast Alabama, and it takes two hours for me to get to Atlanta, uh, like two and a half hours to get to um, I'm sorry, two about three hours to get to Nashville, yeah. and then um, it's about six hours to New Orleans and. I think it's like six hours to somewhere in North Carolina or South Carolina. I think it's like Myrtle Beach is like six hours, eight hours, something like that. So it's it's a big range in that eight hour distance. And Minot, eight hours got you to Minneapolis, like the next day over. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah, so it's it's a big difference. But um, people from California have been telling me like how far it is to get to places. I was talking to one of my friends last night or not last night. It was a couple days ago. He was telling me about. I told him about me going to Compton for this yeah. job, and um, he was like, "Yeah, man, I, I might uh, be able to make it up to you." He lives in San Diego, I'm, <laughs> and I'm looking at the map. I'm like, "You might be able to make it." I, I was like, "Bro, <laughs> it's, it's like right down the road." It's, it's not that bad. San Diego, LA, a couple hours, you know, two and a half, maybe three, depending on like where in LA you're at. Yeah, which which is crazy because yeah. Um, yeah, he was telling me that one time he was going up to Los Angeles, and he said it took him like. I want to say like seven hours or something like that because <laughs> no, because no, of like man. the traffic. Man, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like some cars blew up or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, three and a half, four, maybe like if you're going like holidays or something, I yeah. could definitely see it being like four hours, five yeah. hours maybe. I'm just like, man, that's that's wild. Of it. I haven't experienced traffic like that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm dreading that if I go to Compton. <laughs> <laughs> go to Compton, yeah. LA traffic's the worst. Like San Diego traffic is like not great, but it's better than LA traffic mm. plus when you're driving LA just, the streets just don't seem to make sense man he's got like, <laughs> people driving all aggressive alright mm. see I didn't even really understand what a freeway was until I was up here cause Dustin actually had to explain it to me because uh, do, you, do you know the difference between like interstates and like uh, freeways uh, I thought there was just different. Well, like interstates go across states, but I thought it was just like lanes. Is kind of what I would say. Like, yeah, it, it's basically that. Like a two lane highway versus a freeway, which is like four or five lanes or something usually. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so like the interstate, like just looks just like the freeway. Yeah. But I was like, why is it called the freeway? I don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, we got highways and then we have freeways, and yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't understand. This is just the interstate, but it's not an interstate because it doesn't go into another oh, yeah, state. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, why do they call it the freeway? But yeah, that was just me 
just not knowing the difference because I haven't been. It doesn't matter at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's the road that gets me to places. Yeah, right? right. It's like I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Um, it's it's fun being able to travel to these different places, which even in the military, um, if you, if you got to go to different bases, were you just in San Diego and then on your um, and then on in your submarine? Yeah, I did uh, two westpacs. So we just hit up um, like Japan, Guam, uh, Korea, uh, Singapore. That was about it. We just kind of hit those multiple times. Like I hit Japan like five, six times. I hit Guam like three or four times. Hmm. So how long were you in those places? Um, most of them were about a week. So the only one that's different is Guam because Guam, we have an actual base there. So if we broke down to it, you know, we'd wind up in Guam. Damn, and then so like one of the times we had some break, we were there for like three weeks. Hmm. That was enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you like going to those different places? Or? Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, I liked Korea and Singapore a lot. Japan was like kind of alright. I think I told you sometimes. Some, sometimes Japanese aren't quite as mm. friendly in certain spots, you know, yeah. like because you have like bad experiences with people there. So like you might go to a restaurant, and they'll give you this little X thing and stuff, and what? Be like yeah, not, not you. What yeah. they will literally tell you no? Oh yeah, they'll actually out, man. They'll do this. Pop. Well, they uh, they would tell us like if it has like a red door painted, don't go in there. What? Yeah, they say like a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is blowing my mind yeah. right now. They're just like no. Yeah, the, yeah, they did the X like mm mm nope. Dude, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, a lot of it stems from uh, <laughs> out of all the countries I went to, uh, that was like with the least English I saw, at least around the areas I was at. Yeah, the ports and stuff. So, like, you would have people, I guess, like, I don't know if they were drunk or sober or whatever, but they wouldn't, like, be able to communicate. Mm. And, like, some of the shops and restaurants and stuff are just, like, fed up with it. Like, you know, you're not from here. Don't come in. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that made, that was, like, a little, uh, a little different. Mm. But, yeah, it was also just, like, kind of the, the parts of it was harder to get around. Like, everybody, like, when I was in Singapore, man, like, everybody spoke English. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Like okay. Almost now, every single person there. I where is do. Singapore? Uh, it's in that general area, too. It's just an island off. It's like a oh, Pacific. Okay. okay. Um, if I got met, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Korea was cool. Yeah, I like Korea, too. And Guam was like, I, I thought Guam was just kind of like maybe like a, a less nice Hawaii. Hmm. Like, it's still nice. You, you know, the, you got a lot of good, if you like diving, it's a lot hmm. of good diving out there, but. It's kind of like a lot of strip clubs and gun shops. <laughs> Maybe like adult themed Hawaii. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of was like. Okay. And like the beaches are more corally, so it's not as good for. Uh, it's not like the, as nice of sand, but mm. it was it was pretty nice. It was kind of hot though. Because I was on duty too, right? So I'd be standing out there, staying watch. And it's all humid, you get sweaty. It doesn't dry. <laughs> I'm like, get me out of here, man. <laughs> so what were your actual like duties as far as uh, so you're attached to the submarine? I'm guessing. Yeah. Like you, um, I guess. So I guess just walk me through a normal um, situation of how you know you get on the submarine and then you're working and then you're with the submarine and going on deployments or whatever. I, I don't know how any of that works. Yeah. So how the process kind of works is like. Um, when you're in port, you're mainly fixing things, at least for my job, right? So when I'm in port, my main time, my main job is to just do preventive maintenance, fix things, do work controls for contractors, fix things, just upgrade the boat and make sure that we're ready to go, right? When we go out to sea, I'd be staying in RMOW, which is like, um, uh, you know, we only communicate when we come up, surface like periscope depth. So when we get up to there, I'd be the one that would like establish the satellite connection, get us our internet. 
uh, which is terrible, by the way. Super slow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> some, Military you, grade, yeah, right? Some like AOL speeds, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody get off the phone, yeah. man. We're trying to use the internet. Yeah. Uh, so uh, make sure we get all the communications done. Then I would handle like message traffic. So like there's X amount of messages you just got to get. Just make sure that everything that you're supposed to have, you have. We got Daisha over there. What's up? <laughs> What's going on, Daisha? Um, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and that was about it. So, you know, underway, you know, you fix things in the break, but your main job is, you know, actually standing watch, right? So make sure all the communications happen. Then import, you're just fixing stuff. And uh, the weird part about being a submarine, though, is when you're underway, we don't do 24-hour days. So we do 18-hour days. Oh, okay. So we, we actually have 10 days in our week uh, because uh-huh. how they do it is you have a, a rotating three-section watch station mm-hmm. where uh, six hours is on watch. You get six hours off watch. Which is, um, that's when you're going to be doing your cleaning, your fixing. If you have to, like, fix things, you don't do it when you're on watch, right? Watch just for the guy that's actually writing messages, doing all that stuff. Uh, and then you have your off-going time, which is going to be, like, if you want to work on quals, if you need to do any maintenance, if you have to clean, you know, good old field days. Hmm. I don't know if you guys have in the Air Force. you guys have, like, maids or something? <laughs> <laughs> that's what everybody keeps saying. Something about Air Force yeah, got you maids. You guys going to do cleaning and shit? Yeah, we had to clean. <laughs> we had to clean every once in a while. Yeah, so, uh. And then you have six hours of sleep, but you get, it just messes up your internal clock. That was one of the hardest parts for me about mm. being on submarine is your, your internal clock gets like super, super out of whack. Yeah. So sometimes you're like supposed to be trying to sleep. You can't sleep because like you've only been awake for like 12 hours or something, right? Yeah. Like you haven't had that full day stretched out and then you get back to port and it's like six o'clock at night and you're super tired because mm. your body's not used to that. The, the longer days again. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, same thing gets messed up sometimes because um, it's actually a lot harder when you're non-deployment. So when you're non-deployment, what you're doing, they're called workups, mm-hmm. right? So we're out there, we're practicing for evaluations that we have to pass to go on deployment. So we're doing a ton of drills. We're cleaning the, just make, try and make the boat as clean as possible, right? Because we get inspections and they're going to evaluate us for performance, but they're also going to evaluate us on things like make sure that everything needs to be painted as patient, make sure there's no oil anywhere, make sure there's no grime, right? They want it to look perfect. Okay. Um, so yeah, when we're doing like workups, especially for like evaluations, like you might not even get to like sleep in your offgoing or oncoming time. You just like roll from one watch, you do drills, some other nonsense, and then just like come right back to the next one. Yeah. Y'all are back to back with it. It, it, it depends kind of like how lucky you are sometimes. Like if they're in your offgoing time, it's not a big deal because that's when you're, that's when you have like your, your flexible work, right? Mm. That's like, you know, say that's when you're doing like quals and, um. And maintenance and stuff, but if it's in your oncoming, and then you have something to do afterwards, like, yeah, you try to hit to sleep, and then like an hour into sleeping, maybe the drills happen, they take a while, you try to get back to sleep, and like you know, half hour later they're trying to wake you up, you just Dude. roll right into it. Yeah, that's wild. So like, is there? Um, did you have any way of like trying to make sure that you got that sleep, or was like embrace the suck type you, of thing? You kind of like embrace the suck, but. It usually wasn't too bad unless you were like rolling into like maybe like another field day, another schedules because of the weird 18 hour schedule. Mm-hmm. So even if you miss a sleep sky, like a sleep cycle, then like you're really only at like 30 hours and then maybe do some stuff off. So like you don't have to be actually stay awake for like 30, 32 hours, but that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like super unreasonable, but there was definitely Dude. times I'd just be tired and miserable and. Man, you know, you wake up to a loud, super loud fire alarm in the middle of the night because you're trying to get your sleep in, and you're like, oh, nope, we drills. 
you know, you're putting on breathing apparatuses and all your gear, and it's hot because during drills, you shut off the AC. Yeah. All right, so yeah, it's, just, it's just a whole lot of suck during those phases. So did they ever... Was there anything that they decided to do to, or even thought about doing to change, like, how that works out? Or is everybody always, like, every submarine works that way as far as, like, their schedule or anything? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's a certain amount of spacings you do a lot of times where, like, you wouldn't have, like, uh, under normal circumstances, you wouldn't be drilling, like, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in, that, in those times, you have times to recuperate, right? So, maybe you get messed up sleep now, and then a lot of times, you'll they'll be scheduled. So they might be like, all right, there's going to be drills when you're supposed to be sleeping. So don't worry about doing any work right now and you're six hours off. Just go mm. to sleep now and then wake up early for the drills type deal. Dang. So you can you can kind of flex around it, but I don't know. I, I remember being pretty annoying. It was, it's been a while, though. It's been like five years. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I remember hating it a lot. I'm like, yeah. eh, maybe it doesn't, doesn't sound like it was that bad. But. <laughs> <laughs> It definitely had its moments, but when you're in deployment, it's fine because there's a, when you're in deployment, like, you're not drilling anymore, right? You're trying mm-hmm. to be, you know, holding bus service, you're trying to be as quiet as possible, sneaky as possible, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're off watch, it's pretty much you time. Okay. So, that, that's the funny thing is actually deployments are actually, like, way easier and more relaxed than mm-hmm. those those workout periods in between. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, when you, uh, so, you know, you, you all the places you were telling me you went and you would port... How long did you, I think you said you were out there for a week and stuff, but like yeah, how long time. would you, um, I guess, do whatever you were doing? Was it just, um, you know, come off the, the, the ship or whatever and just do certain stuff or was it you just stay on the ship or what happened there? It was the by the time port. So we had like working ports and Liberty ports. So like if we were going to like Japan or Guam, those were working ports. So okay. we would, um, you would have a normal work day. And then afterwards, you can go off the ship, assuming you weren't uh, on duty. And I think our duty cycle on deployment was only three days. Maybe it was one out of four. But basically, it was one out of, uh, let's say, four days. You had to stay in the boat for the whole 24 hours, right? Because that's when you're standing watch. You're standing your arm watching. <laughs> you're standing other stuff. It was like that at home, too. That was oh one of the parts that really annoyed me. Um, smaller boats have, like, shorter duty section rotations. So even, like, if I was back in San Diego, one out of every four days, I was still sleeping on the boat, spending 24 hours there. Not able to go anywhere, like. But but yeah, so that like it was awful. A, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the Navy has rotations like that, but I think uh, I think carriers have more space in between, so they, they mm. might be on like a one, like one out of every six or something. Okay. And also depend when she got like ranked up, like our chiefs were like on one on eight or something. Mm. But yeah, for a while, yeah, for some almost my entire time there, it was one out of every four days. You were spending sleep on the boat, and then you're standing watches. Like usually, you'll get a night watch at some point. Okay. You know, like a four hour watch wasn't too bad, but just kind of mess up your sleep schedule. That was like the story. That's that's like the thing I hated most when I was in the military. Just my sleep schedule was just always getting messed up, man. I was always tired, always grumpy. There's always work to be done. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But back to the actual, like Liberty Port versus. So like a Liberty Port is if you're not on duty, you just you're just out there, mm-hmm. right? Like so when we go to Singapore, if you're not on duty, then you're just you got free reign, right? We had hotel rooms, we'd go out, we'd explore, and then whenever you had duty, you'd chill back up. Uh, versus like a working port, you worked your normal hours, and then when, whenever your work was done, you know, usually four or five or something, you'd go out, get dinner, maybe like get a drink or something, then you'd come back and sleep on the boat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I guess it was steady, like, uh, I think you were saying it was, it was more like, uh, more, 
better, more better, but it was it was better when you were uh, deployed and like out yeah. somewhere. Yeah, because deployment it, was actually kind of better. Yeah. Okay. There was like no, like, there wasn't drills, there wasn't inspections. It was just, like on workups. A lot of times you have riders too, so we got to this fun thing called hot racking on submarines. When you got too many people, where uh, you don't have your own rack anymore, or your own bed. It's two people to three bed or three people to two beds. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's called hot racking. Because the idea is, right, if you have three people, one of those people is always going to be on watch, right? Yeah. Because of our weird 18-hour dating I was telling you about, right? So So one person's always gone. One person's always on watch and always gone. And so you just jump into the available rack, which doesn't sound that bad. But our rack are also our lockers. So, like, if you want to get your stuff and somebody's sleeping in the one that just happens to have your stuff, because you might do, like, maybe a third and one, a third and one. A lot of times you end up putting just, like... You take up, usually how it goes is one guy takes up two thirds of the top rack, mm. one guy takes up two thirds of the bottom one, and then whoever's like the least junior, he's, he's like the jumper, and he'll take a third in each. And like basically, what happens, you get off watch, he's in your rack, you're just like, all right, hop down to the other <laughs> one. <laughs> That's wild. My spot now. Damn. Uh, yeah, so that was that was another part when you had riders on during uh, your workups and stuff that just, just sucked. Hop <laughs> racking, like, it was, it was the worst. That's crazy. Like, I was lucky I got to skip. It almost completely. I think I might have done it one short time, but for the most part, like when I was junior, I had a. We didn't have enough people to do watch station, so I was doing point cyber twelves, and mm. because I wasn't on that six hour schedule, like I couldn't hot rack. Dang. So like I got to skip it for a long time, but. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a process. A lot of people are just like that's weird, right? You're sharing your bed. Yeah. Like you might be sleeping in a different bed every time you go to. And people always have their sheets all balled up in the back of them, so. <laughs> One of the pleasures. All right, well, I uh, hate to cut you off, man, but this is it's about time. <laughs> Easy, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I told you, man. Yeah, it's well, just like those interviews, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, it was good having John on, and hopefully we can continue uh, having people on, and maybe John might come back and explain some more crazy stories about people giving him the X to coming yeah. in a, a restaurant. That was wild. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all some other time, and uh, thanks for tuning in again.